This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast where we may just break out into song at a moment's notice. Wait, no, 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 that's not happening. I don't care if it's written down, it's not happening. Calling that now. You no. don't have control over it, it just happens. Uh, Emily no and I have been musical. choreographing for days. Oh boy. Um, on today's episode, we tackle the second half of season two of Paramount Plus's Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We're covering a lot of ground, including a Lower Decks crossover, the finale, and even the musical episode, which I am happy to say our producer, the mysterious film snork, has no intentions of having us sing about. Right? Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, that, that was a joke about the choreography. We have we have no intentions at all to do a musical no. number. N- none whatsoever. Phew. Uh. Oh, good. All right. Before we dive into more strange and new worlds, it's a verse. It's a verse. It's Stop a- it! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, um. All right. Uh, before we dive into more strange new worlds, uh, let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Bridget. I'm Lucas, and I have something important to say. So please, no interruptions, no Dorothy, and like no mime talk, please. Um, Lucas mimes don't talk, you know. But but I do love a good time. I love Emily. A good mime. Yeah. A good mime no time. A good mime time. No mimes. So no okay, singing fine. and no mimes. Fine. Sorry. Okay. As I was about to say, I was space mining and for months, nada zilch, like not a thing. But I kept doing it, and because I wanted to solve the versus financial problems. Um. I mean, we we really do appreciate all the work you've been doing, Lucas. Um, but we kind of all know that no one ever finds anything of worth, you know, by space mining. Okay, BB, that's the thing. I found something. I found something huge, like a big gold nugget. Follow me here. I stored it over here. Come here. Wow. A, a huge gold nugget. That's amazing, Lucas. I mean, look, we always had faith in you. <laughs> you came through again, bud. All right. Yeah, okay. I'll believe it when I see it. Bridget. I mean, you you did it, Lucas. You uh you really did it. All right. Thank you everyone. Well, now let me find Wait a second. Hmm. Should be here. I can't seem to find it though. <laughs> Told you guys. There's literally nothing there but space junk couple of random meteors, a bunch of fur, uh, and some sort of hatched egg. Hatched egg? Hmm. That's strange. What? What's strange? Well, there wasn't a hatched egg here before. Oh, boy. That does not sound good. Um, no, it does not. Uh, I know we were all excited that Lucas thought, keyword being thought, he found some gold, but I have to get going soon, and we have a ton to cover. So if you can find your gold after, first let's wrap Strange New Worlds. I'm sure it was here. Man, I swear. Really, Lucas, it's okay. 
We really do need to wrap Star Trek Strange New Worlds. You're right, you're right. Okay, Emilia, I have a job to do. I'll be back. Um, where is he going? I'm back, everyone. Ready for duty. <laughs> the Admiral's back. Yes, Nor, back. Back to close out Strange New Worlds, Season 2. Oh, please don't leave us again. We had to put up with that lousy substitute teacher. Lousy? Lousy. Who are you calling lousy? Huh? Uh, uh, Lucas? Is that you? Yes, it is Lucas. <laughs> ah, nice try. Wait, Norm, it is. No, no, it is. It is Lucas. It is Lucas, Norm. Come on. I know the Admiral when I see him, you jokesters. Uh, What did you do? Some sort of AI voice match? (laughs) Whatever it was, you almost had me. Almost. Oh, God. You're hopeless. Why don't we just get this moving, Luke? I I mean, the Admiral. Good call. Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, And also, I'm Emilia. And today we are, of course, skipping the verse news to journey into some strange new worlds. Uh, we're going to be covering episodes 7 through 10 today to close out the season. Yes, that's a lot to cover. And thankfully, we start on one of my favorite of the seasons, uh, episode 7, Those Old Scientists, which, as any Star Trek fan knows, that stands for TOS or the original series which already is a little bit of a gimmick, uh, you know, to start the episode. I love that, though. Oh, well, th- you learn something new every day in class, because mm-hmm. I did not know that. <laughs> when when they said that at the end of the episode, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I was like, I was like that's stupid, but it, I love it. It's brilliant. What's funny done. about it, though, is because this is Strange New Worlds, which is not really the original series, because that's yeah. when Kirk is captain. But I get it. It's funny. And um, so th- what happens in this episode is we get the crossover, finally, of Lower Decks that was teased, you know, at the beginning of the season. And an accident while investigating a time portal sends Ensign Beckett Mariner and Bradward Bo- Bradward, Bradward. I, always, I always forget that. And Bradward Boimler through time from the 24th century, and Captain Pike and his crew must get them back where they belong before they can alter the timeline. So yet another timeline shifting episode. Um, but now we're all more experienced with those episodes, right? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Um, but what did everybody think of this one? This was fun. It this was is fun. Oh probably definitely up there i like this this season's been hitting on all cylinders so um it's definitely my top three favorite of this season for sure maybe maybe of the entire run i could have watched um i could have watched the rest of the lower decks cast jump through the portal one by one and just keep causing more mayhem for pike for hours (laughs) that was yes that would have been nice in fact i was actually a little disappointed we didn't get more live action uh of the actors but you know I'm happy with what we got. This is not that I put a lot of stock into this, but this is the highest rated episode of the entire season. Wow. I, oh, I, I can see it. why. Uh, yeah. But it's great. It's, it had a lot of wonderful comedy, you know, a comedy episode, which I love a good Star Trek lighthearted comedy episode, which we've had a, a lot this season, more than usual. But um, this one, I think, is the best of them. And, but it also had some really wonderful, like, emotional moments. It did. Um, which were some of my favorite parts, actually. You, you, we're talking about the comedy. The comedy hit really well, but my favorite comedic moment in this, it's really dumb, and I don't know if Emilia and uh, and and Bridget are going to get this one, 
but it's when uh, Boymore sees this Pike saddle and he goes, Riker, and he like steps over <laughs> yes. it to sit on it. And I didn't notice until afterwards that um, Jonathan Frakes directed this directed episode. episode. So he had to do that right in front. And apparently it was completely improv. improv. And I love it. I laughed so hard well, at something Jack so Wade, small. What a guy. I mean, he's just like blowing up right now uh, for all the right reasons. And you can see the fact that so he, you know, when he was cast in Lower Decks, he was not a fan of Star Trek. Um, he just, you know, never really watched it. And then he not only became like he caught up on it he like binged all of them and is a huge star trek fan now and the so the riker maneuver this is what it, what it's called is uh in the next generation uh william riker whenever he would sit on a chair you notice he would literally put his leg over the chair and then sit down and it's like it, it became this huge like you know kind of joke with the fans like what is he doing it's such like a power move and it turns out um the actor jonathan frakes had injured his back uh, from doing like sports or something when he was younger so he he really struggles like sitting down on a chair like a normal person so that actually is what he does to like sit in a chair it was just kind of what he does as a from a medical condition um but now that's the Riker maneuver and the fact that Jack Quaid like used that in the episode is just kind of too perfect for like a lower decks thing he just understands the tone of it like too well he did yeah, I was not prepared for Jack Wade to step through uh, into a Strange New Worlds episode. I had never seen Lower Decks, and and I and I knew that he had voiced it, but I was ill ill prepared for this episode, but in the best way because for me it was so unexpected, which I think made it so much more fun. Uh, but like everything was on point in this episode. The humor was awesome. I thought that visually they did a good job between like trying to bring the cartoon characters animated characters into like the real world which was really fun and it was just as entertaining as jack quaid was i think it was way i i think this episode goes to show how talented the strange new worlds cast is because it was so entertaining to see how they reacted to these animated characters coming into their world they were so done immediately right it was (laughs) and that was just a, like really really funny um and i know that we already had the time like traveling episode earlier but i like that they did another one because it incorporated that episode back into the timeline i think in a very like smooth transition because when we left with other kirk dying on the planet it was like a really sad ending and it was like a horror was not a horror Lahan, like that ended and it was and the, the episode ended as her not being able to talk about space time like ever mm-hmm. and so it was fun to bring this back in because it like gave her an opportunity to like revisit it and mm-hmm. then obviously it sets up the re- the ending of the season anywho's i thought that it was so good it was such a good episode well done emily did you have any favorite parts um i did like all the meta moments but i think I feel like the moment that they all that they both stepped through because we get to see not only Jack Wade but also Tawny Newsom, who, you know, don't want to undersell her performance either. She definitely completely not. nailed it, and uh, watching her torment affectionately, affectionately torment <laughs> Boimler in uh, in real life was just like very satisfying, and I love the little meta comments that they would make. Like at the end, they were like. Like, yeah, and why does everybody talk so slowly? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to say the the 
rapport between those two is why Lower Decks is so much fun as well. Um, really between all the characters. But to see it in live action just made me be like, God damn it, why don't they just do a whole live action movie or something with them? Because I just love those characters so much. Uh, so, well, my question for Emilia is, because she's, I know she's a big fan of the Jack Quaid freakout. You only get a small freak out of him yeah, in this. Was that satisfying or were you like, no, it had to be more over the top? I, I could have used more, um, but I think I thought it was appropriate for the episode. But I could have used a little more because, he's you know, he's trying to be cool. He's trying to be cool as a cucumber in front of the uh, in front of his idols, which <laughs> I his heroes. Yeah, but... his idols. <laughs> when they did um, get a, a wonderful uh, kind of like nod to previous Trek as well, where you see the current cast of Strange New Worlds kind of fanboying and girling over uh, the, the cast of uh, the Enterprise, the show that was um, only lasted for four seasons, but they're referencing some of those characters. And I love this idea that like, yeah, of course you idolize your heroes, but when you you know actually meet them in person, they're real people and it kind of falls apart. I really enjoyed um, when Quaid there met, like meet Spock. Cause to me, like that wasn't really anticipated. He's like been so excited to meet like all these like in his eyes, his heroes, like you just said, that they idol idols, and then he sees Spock, and he's like, "What? Like, oh my god! Like, what is wrong with you?" The so weird, the creepy that grin. We know doesn't <laughs> smile. Like, what is wrong? Like, oh my god! That and that I was like, very funny. <laughs> I was cracking right. up on that because they 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 use the comedy so well. Where like you see him do that w- weird grin, like yeah, yeah. They but they also Jack Wade is so good at physical humor. I think just the facial expressions and everything just like make it. So much better. Also, he is so tall, really and I is. feel like you don't see, like you don't that. really yeah. see his height in the boys as much. But well, because everybody else is kind of tall. In the ship, <laughs> yeah, everyone else in the sh- is in is tall. But in this, you like it's so apparent. I'm like, yeah. also, you, like obviously, when he's, he's in the lower decks, they can only make him so tall as an animated character. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, dude's if you're interested, <laughs> if you're interested in hearing more from Jack Quaid, we actually did an interview with him, and he discussed a little bit about uh, how he kind of approached doing a taking his cartoon character and making him into live action. Oh, yeah. Um, I was looking out for the really boimlerisms as he as he called yeah. them. Exactly. He d- he definitely so, brought them in yeah. and uh Tawny brought in several marinerisms mm-hmm. uh, especially in that the one with the sh- where they're in the shuttle and they're they're going to try and send out a signal or or whatever to stop <laughs> what's going on. Um I thought uh her sneaking up on him and doing I, I thought it was like really well played and then of course La'an finding them yeah. and her like like course, dude really dude like, I, I got this <laughs> I never get caught <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me the one of my favorite moments was actually with Una I love the whole like pin up they're like yes I'm a pin up oh like the whole God. joke with that where you, it was like bordering on sexual but the the emotional moment where she was like they put me on the poster because this idea that you know as we talked about in one of the best episodes of the season, Ad Astra Peraspera, she, you know, even though she gets, uh, she's not punished for, you know, hiding her uh, modifications, it was the idea that the struggle isn't over. And she still feels like she kind of betrayed her people and, and you know, and also betrayed Starfleet by hiding who she actually was. So this idea that she, in she gets this kind of a cathartic moment to realize like, no, no, in the future, like you're who we get to use to inspire people to join Starfleet was just such a beautiful little moment. I have to admit, I got like a little choked up because I didn't expect it in like a comedy episode. They yeah. they used the quote because they they mm-hmm. ha- it's at Aspera That's I mean, it was just such a cool little moment that really, you know, like you were saying, uh, Bridget, like it they 
did a lot of callbacks to other episodes just this season, but it, it felt like the continuation of these uh, emotional character moments that they don't forget yeah. about. And uh, oftentimes in these, you know, episodic, uh, you know, uh, shows, they, you know, they, they kind of don't always carry over those emotional beats, partly because they're all written by different people. Um, so I thought that was just really well done. I also really liked, because um, it was really serious how they were like tiptoeing around like Pike's situation because they like know he dies oh, yeah. obviously and they didn't <laughs> the know boop, that boop he chair. knows yeah. that he dies um <laughs> and that was so poorly. funny yeah right and they're like and they're like how do you know that it's pike's birthday he goes because it's a national holiday <laughs> <laughs> up. i don't know how people are so bad in time travel stories at like not revealing information like admittedly i've never time traveled before but <laughs> to your knowledge are you sure well i wouldn't <laughs> yes. be able to tell you if i had <laughs> exactly ah but, but i've been oh, watching God. a lot of doctor who and just like there's always the whole like like you can't you can't like tell people what's going to happen to them in the future and uh everyone's always really bad at it and i'm just like how are people so bad at this like you just have to shut your mouth well, well it's just it also, have you met I, people have you met people <laughs> fair yeah <laughs> not all of them well also too i liked that they did the compare and contrast like laon like has been silent about her situation it hasn't been able to tell anyone about She's her been time great. traveling experience yeah. and then you have this situation which is the complete opposite and you're like just stop it like shut up but also you also don't realize there's a lot of things that you could change about the future just by like simple you know i think you're revealing a lot like just the thing stupid thing about oh his birthday's a national holiday and things like that like really could like disrupt some stuff yeah what what i really liked too was boymore coming over and being like you know imagine how your friends would feel in the same shoes that they just want like a couple more minutes with you and whatnot. And just saying that, you know, that that's, that time's probably worth it too. And the fact that he changed Pike's mind, the, the fact this entire episode, Pike was kind of like, you know what? I'm taking hands off the wheel. Let, let, let the universe guide me. Hopefully, hopefully all is well. Um, but for him to listen there and actually take uh, that and go with it at the end, which I loved the ending to this. Yeah, the fact where I did everyone, not see it coming. Yes. Where everything was, uh, Strange New Worlds was was animated, I thought it was great. What's yeah. in yeah, these I, drinks? I hope they bring- yeah, but they're I like, hope my they, eyes are huge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I would love it if they brought some of those characters into as a crossover back to Lower Decks, which you know is coming out soon, the next season of Lower Decks. So we'll yeah. see maybe they'll bring in some of those characters and you see more Riker interacting with them because he was like this whole season he's been a little like maybe I should retire soon and mm-hmm. uh, it's been lovely watching him just be so done yeah well I also just like this episode was like so lighthearted, and then we get the next episode which is so mm. not lighthearted, and then they go back to the musical episode like this yeah. season has just been a roller coaster in, roller in a good way yeah. In a that's, good way. That's what Star Trek does every time. Well, yeah. This is a but, great oh segue. Oh my god. Because we spent a lot of time on this episode, rightly so. The, these those old scientists is one of my favorite of the season, and then this next one, you're absolutely right. It's like Whiplash. So yeah. You know, I I was hoping we'd get something a little more dramatic. So the next episode, Under the Cloak of War, uh, Captain Pike and his crew welcome a Klingon defector aboard the USS Enterprise, but his presence triggers the revelation of some shocking secrets. And yeah, it's really shocking secrets. And what yeah. they, they use uh, the the gimmick, I'm going to say gimmick, but the 
technique they use in this one the, uh, for it is we keep jumping back in time between the Klingon War uh, and what was happening with Dr. Mabanga uh, and Nurse Chapel, as well as modern times where we have this uh, Klingon defector who's on board. And yeah, I, with so many of the, of the so much of this episode reminds me of the original series because the Klingons in that were the villains. Like they were the villains of Star Trek. They were the evil warlike race who were pretty much in place of the Russians <laughs> at the mm-hmm. time. This was during the Cold War. And um, so we really, I, I love when they explore Klingon culture and um, we really get to see kind of how damaged a lot of our favorite characters are from, you know, they're war heroes, right? Or they're, you know, they're, they served during the Klingon war. So we get to see kind of their racism towards Klingons, which is in some ways entirely justified through their experiences. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting to, you know, it was a really good episode that delves into some of the darker themes of humanity. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I labeled this the PTSD episode, and I'm honestly shocked at how poorly they seem to be able to handle right? like trauma from the war. Because they're they're like, like okay, this is really important. I know that we have people who are literally from the same battle, uh, but we're gonna force them to interact anyway, <laughs> or at least heavily encourage them to interact. That's no, insane. I like, there's thought no that was PTSD horrific. program in in Star Trek. Like, do you think they'd they'd acknowledge that this is a real thing in the future? That you know we already are aware yeah. of it. So like, have ways to heal, right? Or at anyway. least don't. Put, no, that was. Or at ugh. least like know how to not re-traumatize everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming that they do have ways of doing this, but the problem was, it seems like Mabenga was really holding on to that secret. So you can't un program yourself from that if you're holding on i just feel like under no circumstances should they have put them on the same ship well let alone make them like have dinner with them do exercise with them (laughs) like (laughs) hey pike Pike was there being like hey i can find a way out for you i know you're supposed to but i will give you an out gosh darn it i just didn't i don't i I, listen I, i pike is a wonderful captain but I, I wanted him to, like, stick up for his crew just a little bit more in this situation. I understand that his hands were tied, but I just was like, bro, like, what? Like, do you even know what you're doing to their mental health right now? Maybe he like, felt like, like he used up all that... of his goodwill with uh, with the oh, number, with his number one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, I. it was very, it, it was a very interesting exploration of PTSD and I liked that they focused it on, you know, the the medic crew, um, because it's a much different angle approach than typically what we see with PTSD characters. Usually it's like, um, like when we were talking about Daredevil, we've talked about it. Um, like what's what's the main the the Punisher, the Punisher, like oh, he yeah. was like, like on the front lines, like and he has PTSD for other reasons, but that's usually the angle you do. You get a soldier who's like out battling, not from like the medical perspective. Um, and they're seeing like so much of the leftover carnage of war. Oh yeah. So that was a very interesting approach. And then, and Benga, like basically being an assassin, I guess. <laughs> I would like to know that, that Grey's Anatomy does explore this angle with, <laughs> with Owen and his crew. I knew you crew. were going to oh. say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Well, there's that. a wonderful show called China Beach that was a network show that I recommend checking out, as well as MASH kind of delves into it a little bit. But those that's a comedy. But <clears throat> the, there's a book called The Things We Carry, 
that's about the Vietnam War that uh, is oh, that. one of the stories in it. The short stories talks about how this guy who's the medic literally shoots himself in the foot to get out because he just keeps seeing his um, all of his friends like in pieces. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's some people have explored these topics, but I do. I agree. Like not enough. Like it, yeah. just because you're not yeah. murdering well, somebody during war justifiably it doesn't mean you're not also experiencing trauma and also yeah. a lot of our first responders i, I was oh, say i feel i feel like a lot of medical dramas at some point go into this because even scrubs which was a, a comedy much like mash went in mm-hmm. with it um the one thing i didn't really like about this episode was uh the reve- basically the revelation at the end that um this klingon didn't do the things that he said he did to try and gain favor with mm-hmm. the Federation and or I don't know if it's favor or get outcasts from Klingon society or whatever. He, the way he little saved his own skin. A, yeah. 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 The way he saved his own skin is revealed to be false because it was actually Mabenga who was the butcher of like, whatever planet yeah. that was again. Um, but what I loved about it was the fact that he tried the, the Klingon tried to orchestrate this as like, no, no, this is this is my story. This is what I did. And then it's like, nope, you're wrong. This is this is what really happened. And then once that comes out, he knows that, like, basically, like, if this comes forward, I am screwed. So mm-hmm. I have to. And then he attacks Mabenga, who does he? That's kind of questionable, right? It they they come no, out I, and they're like, hey, we're gonna let you. We're gonna let you think about this. So let's I had talk to about rewind it. it. Yeah, I rewind. I rewound. Rewound. Re- What's cool is you don't really need to rewind anything anymore. You just click on the... Rewound? (laughs) Anyway, I hit the rewind button (laughs) because I go... go. jumped back in the... I wasn't wasn't sure if that's how they had set it up or if I had just missed something. I was like, wait, who who just came after who? And then I was like, yeah, yeah, seriously. And I was like, I have no idea. That seemed a bit strange. And then Chapa was like, no. He definitely attacked Mbenga. And I was like, oh. Well, she had to say she is. So, so but anyways, I want everyone's opinion. Who do you think started it? I, I'm I, under the impression that the Klingon started it because he was found out and he knew that if it got out, it would. So I'm, I actually do believe uh, that that uh, Dr. Mbenga acted in self-defense. But well, I, I don't they, think it was too uh, much of self-defense. Maybe just barely. No. Thinly yeah. veiled self-defense. You could argue that he started it by being there in the first place. I don't know if he should have killed him. I don't think maybe that was necessary. I didn't think it escalated to the point of murdering him. I kind of think he was looking for an excuse. Bing, 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 bing. So my, how I see it is he, Mabenga orchestrated that so he could murder him, but he just needed him to attack first. He may it's not have like... totally known what he was doing, but I think it, it, upon critical inspection, like he would... Perhaps after a lot of therapy, he would admit that eventually. Yes, thank you. He definitely <laughs> yeah. needs to go to therapy, and you probably would admit that when he goes. PTSD yeah. check. I also like getting it from Nurse Chapel's perspective, mm-hmm. them bouncing Agreed. back and forth. I thought that was a very good way to do this episode. But again, it was very tense, like, the whole episode all the way through from beginning to end. Like, just the scene of Mbenga and the Klingon, them doing their martial arts like face off like it was a very <laughs> yeah. intriguing way to do that but then at the same time the same time pike was sitting in that room when the klingon asked if they could do that and then no one else was supervising this <laughs> one-on-one like fight 
on the ship. Like the, I thought that was I, to insane. me that just didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who, if you were who an admiral this? and you were reviewing Pike's decisions, you'd probably be very critical of these decisions. Look, he's um, got other things he's got to do. He's a captain. He's busy. Well, he's he, no, he's like, like oh, this oh, this God. ambassador guy is like the most important thing on our ship right now. We've got to not screw it up. But yeah, I'll let my I'll let this crazy meeting exercise thing happen without any sir. But he couldn't have have sacrificed one ensign. <laughs> No, but like a, I was a waiting red like shirt, number if you one will. or something. Like someone else just to be in the room to like like oversee it. So in case things do get a little bit heated, they can step in. Be the ship no psychologist one. if they have one. Apparently they don't. I don't think they have one yet. You, now the, you understand why Troy next, was like yeah. brought on board. Like next generation. Know, in the next generation. They, they, they looked at all this and went, All right, no, 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 we have to have a we have to have a counselor on board here. Exactly. There's no way. I want to oh, point God. out a few things. One, that Robert Wisdom, who plays the Klingon, who's, if you ever watch Barry, did anybody else on this show watch Barry? Uh, no, it's been anyway, on he's wonderful in that. Definitely watch it. He's great in that. He's also originally from The Wires, the first time I just like came across him. Wow. Uh, he's just a great actor. He plays Bunny in The Wire, such a tragic character. He did a good but, job. Yeah. Also, I want to throw it out there. I always, I will always call this out whenever I see him. Clint Howard appears in this one. Oh, that's right. I forgot to give him a shout out. So Ron Howard's weird looking brother who's in <laughs> so many things. Um, he's in like he's, everything. Yes, he's in everything. Um, no, I'm, oh, yes, I you in the back question. there. Yes, yes, I do have a question because I have really not seen much other star trek than strange new worlds um was like the feud with the klingons like a big plot point in other series and franchises i I would really (laughs) highly encourage you to go back and you don't have to watch all the tv shows at first just go back and watch the movies even you can start on um you know the first star trek movie is amazing but it's kind of like you have to be really be into sci-fi second one is just one of the most entertaining ones uh, Wrath of Khan. Third one, Search for Spock is great. Like it's a fun. One. I actually think it's way it's more underrated than it than it should be. Then the fourth one's the whale one. You'll love that one. It's a time travel one. The fifth one sucks. Just skip it. But the sixth one really <laughs> deals with uh, you know the Klingon War and kind of it's almost like the the but book they end but of they the do explore the war. Like t- this yes. episode, we were doing flashbacks. Like there's mm-hmm. like part of the ser- franchise that's like actually in the Klingon yeah. War. So Disco- in Kirk's Discovery timeline, season one and two, right? Discover. Oh yeah, heavily. Dis- so Discovery does really is like the main the main storyline of the first season is the Klingons. I kind of not a huge fan of that though because they totally retcon the Klingons. They do something really weird with them, which I'm glad they yeah. kind of course correct. But mm-hmm. uh, but so the original series, uh, and you can even go back and watch a few of them. The Tribbles episode, which is one of the original comedy episodes from uh, uh, original series, features the Klingons. But there's uh, there's a few wonderful episodes with Klingons uh, with war and battle scenes, you know, because they were literally taking the place of the Russians from from the Cold yeah. War. Uh, so it's I mean, I, I'll send you a link of some of the episodes you could watch to just like dive into it. But so, you know, Kirk, during Kirk's timeline, which is after this, when he's the, the you know, captain of the Enterprise, you know, that's a huge part of it is the Klingons are, you know. The, the main antagonists, the Romulans, they discover as well, become sort of a characters too, but the Klingons are really the main antagonists of that series. What else did I want to point out? Oh, I love. I also wanted to point out from this episode that uh, I remember I asked uh, the actor Babs about like, oh, are you ever going to get to yeah. master martial arts? And it's like every episode now they're like, and by the way, he's an amazing martial artist, which is cool. I like that they... Lead, like this show and we're, we're going to talk about it very soon about the rest of the cast 
they lean into what these actors have as skill sets and they write it into the character it's really cool like all these like grammy nominated singers and like uh some of the actors have great singing voices which we'll get into but they really use a lot of what these character these actual actor skills and they incorporate into the character which i totally love that's really good writing and the the fact that they did the callback of nurse chapel remember the first episode of the season we got to see their team up as they were like juicing up and kicking ass and so this idea that they alluded to oh we fought together in the klingon war and then they bring that back again this episode i just love how they're really like i said using these emotional beats and and maintaining that through line even though each episode's kind of self-contained yeah and i also did like that they gave it um ortegas did pitch in like she had a different perspective because she pointed out i think it was she said she lost a ton of classmates or whatever mm-hmm. because of the war um so she was like really he- brutal yeah she was really heated up about the whole situation too but again where was the mental health lookout for these people? At least, oh my at least God. Ortega's though, she was upfront about it. She was like, mm-hmm. I'm angry, I'm upset, and I, people will know about it. <laughs> she's not like <laughs> yes. pretending like, yeah, she was oh not hiding no, it. actually, she's like, we're Nurse Chapel, friends. she's like, I'm not going to she... sit here and like shake and drink and just no. be like boiling She knows anger. how to take herself out no. of a bad situation. Okay. Or yeah. Ortega's was the most grounded of the group with this because you can see that she's actually in the process of healing by mm-hmm. being open and honest about what she experienced. She's so, already onto again, the anger phase. Another of reason grief. why I love her. Yeah. <laughs> another reason why I love her. So I feel like we covered under the cloak of war. So let's jump into subspace rhapsody. And before oh we, God. before we really dive into what happens in this episode, what are what is everybody's impressions of it? Okay. Norm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it I'm was, not, no, I look, it was look, fine. <laughs> look, look, look. For a musical episode, it was fine. But I hate musicals, and I'm gonna uh, and really quickly. I'm sure it's the reason why I hate musicals is probably the reason why you love musicals. I know both you and Bridget are love musicals. I hate like the fact. I hate theater. the fact that they sing uh, like th- there's no subtext in musicals. Everything's out there, like on the sleeve. Everything's mm-hmm. like way too in front like let's sing about our feelings i get it it's singing it's, a, it's supposed to be it's about feelings what you're doing <laughs> it's every musical no, but, every but, but single I'm gonna, musical i'm gonna butt in i'm gonna even... so butt in i'm gonna so butt in because the what i loved and what i think it made this okay for musical episode is they made fun of the fact that yes. oh my god when people are singing they are only just spilling their inner no no most they, yeah they thoughts and emotions yes, and they made fun of it and it was it's awesome for the audience. that's the redeeming quality of this of this episode that's the only reason why i didn't turn it off other characters are not supposed to hear them right which i it made it so funny and it made it feel like not forced it made it feel like not awkward because they're like this is a problem like the like oh i think this was so funny i think this was really well done if they were gonna do a musical episode this is exactly how they needed to do it okay okay my only thought to sum up my like overarching i think it was a fine episode as far as musical episodes go not bad i will say though the music songs were pretty hit or miss Yes. I feel the same way. I mean, the thing is, though, I was being hypercritical because I, I, similar to Norm, I'm like, oh, God, I just don't like musicals to begin with. I, that's not true. There's some musicals I adore. But in this setting, it's just, it's just awkward because the tone is so different for what a musical tone typically is. And it's just hard for me to mesh it together with, you know, my love for Star Trek. Um, that being said, I think there was a way also writing wise that could have been a better execution 
this idea that there's this weird like subspace anomaly that causes them listen that's a star trek thing that happens every week but i was like this actually would have made more sense if you had like a q like character or somebody yeah. who's like or or maybe an alien race they come across that is that's how they communicate so they like force everybody on the enterprise to do that just kind of felt like if there was more motivation not some weird science gimmicky trick but at the same time that's a little nitpick um and but also similar to what emilia was saying is some of the songs are pretty good and i was impressed <laughs> and some of them were not so great you could hear the auto tuning of some of the actors which oh yeah no diss on them sing. listen that's that's yeah. all i'll yes. say <laughs> But when, so, but they also leaned into that and gave those ones who could sing like multiple songs. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. The the best part. Uh, I've never felt more Klingon in my life than when they're like, "Listen, I would yeah. rather destroy <laughs> the universe than have to be forced to randomly sing." I was like, they, "Wow, yeah. all right, you're speaking my language, buddy. Here I we go." So, I we feel all seen. knew. Yeah. We the second that they mentioned singing Klingons, I was like, "That's gonna happen." <laughs> Yeah. That was the best part of the episode for me too, because I was like, get it was straining my like I was like I don't know how I feel about this, and then they did the Klingon joke, and I was like, all right, this episode got bumped you, up into being enjoyable for me. There were two, the two songs or moments that I absolutely adored the most. Um, I really loved Laan's. Yes. Um, um, what's the word I was looking for? Um, Her heartbreak not a melody. song. Or... Nope. It, there's a word that I'm looking Her for, I want song. and I'm. Yeah, yeah, but there is another word that I had in my head and I can't Her think ballad? of it. Ballad? Ballad. Yep, there it Her is. There ballad. it is. She Thank had the you. best song. She really she did. did. And um, she has a And she needed that voice. moment. That was honestly for storytelling. Um, waiting for to this. her to be. She's. We've been waiting for her to get out of her emotions because she's the character that keeps it all in. So yeah, I honestly almost feel that like only singing it in a ballad was the way for for us to see that side of her. And she was smart. She went into why. a room away from everyone, yes. right? Yes. It was, it, that that um, made the most like sense. A musical sure. Oh, if we're doing this, I'm doing it behind closed doors. Heck no. Yes. That's like what a musical then, character would do. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. And so it was that moment where it made her realize she's like, oh, my God, if people saying they're revealing really heavy emotions about herself, which then tied into, oh, my God, Pike. On the Pikes bridge, oh, I almost <laughs> oh, that peed was... my pants. He's like on his knees trying to sing. He was doing his best. He tried. Yeah. That, he really did yeah. try. Um, but he – like the whole idea was like when they start to sing, they can't help themselves. And he was having a the very odd, intimate like... conversation in front of the whole crew. And yeah. they're like, uh, Captain, Captain. And, and he's like, what just happened? They, no, I like, love that Laan is like, okay, that was a security risk. I just cut you off. He's like, thank God. Thank that God. was a wonderful comedy moment. And I love that like they made him sing a little bit, and he obviously they had to auto-tune his ass a little, which I get. I totally respect. I'm sure he can sing. It just seems like out maybe there. he doesn't often sing. Yeah, yeah that's okay. But Listen, you know who can sing? And the facial reactions were awesome was when Spock first started to sing. He like started the whole musical episode off, basically. Mm-hmm. And Ahura like, looks like, like everyone's like, what the frick is going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, Celia Rose Gooding is, is was nominated for a Tony, I believe. Tony. Um, she yeah, yes, she that. has. She's a Broadway star. She she's got a phenomenal awesome voice, as voice. we heard in season one. One, yeah, right, yeah, mm-hmm. which was um, a great episode. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. I actually, I was hoping she was going to get more music. I was kind of, and expecting she didn't her get to. that much music. <laughs> yeah, they gave the uh, big showstopper, I think, to to Laan. But for well, storytelling purposes, you should check it out did her, make sense. So, so Laan has a, the actor, I should get her name at some point, as she has a YouTube channel where she like sings. 
and that was part this is what i mean they like she has like a fan base on there or whatever and she i think guess was trying to have like a recording career but unfortunately she got cast on one of the best sci-fi shows ever <laughs> um but you know so the fact that they like use her skills and also the idea she gets to like you know now she can promote her uh youtube singing channel anyway by, oh, yeah. by the way Adorable. christina chong thank you christina chong um and for me the surprising one was i didn't know rebecca romaine you know was a performer in that way and my one of my favorite moments is when her and kirk are just like they embrace the the, the fact that they have to be in a musical and that's actually kind of what i like where they were like okay we're here let's let's enjoy the ride and personally that's how i would have approached it so like eh, we See, have to be here to me we have to yeah, no secrets from each other that was apparently. like one of the cringiest yeah. that was one of the cringiest numbers for me and it I was know not why. the best number not a great song sure. sorry but the yeah. uh, but I love that they were dancing together, and I found it like so like there was leaning into the musical thing, and I thought that they set it up really well. But you're I've that's that's the closest it came to Roger songs. and Hammerstein. Okay, yeah. was was that? That's part of her no, character well, wait, too. Wait, what though, was it? Not what is her? Wait, yes. what, you know, it's not it's Gershwin. No. What what are the musicals that she like? Because Spock made the joke about it in episode two. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. A, another callback to Ed Asper. Yeah, Asper. Oh, yeah. Why can't I think the of the Roger and Hammerstein musicals? Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah. That's the duo. I thought that's what it was. She likes those corny no, ones. No, it's it's not Rogers and Hammerstein. It's something else, and now it's going to bother me. Well, it'll come it's to it's gonna well, bug well, me. But in any case, uh, it wasn't horror. It was. It's probably one of my le- lower favorites of the. It's it's not high on my list, but it was it was entertaining, and I made it through without being like too without rolling my eyes so hard that they never came back around. Um. um. Can we talk about the fact that um, uh, Kirk is a baby daddy, though? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is uh, when you so, learn the story of Kirk. This is actually yeah. completely in canon with his character. But oh, well, Lucas, I don't yeah. know anything about him, yeah. so I wasn't expecting that. Lucas, I thought that was a secret for him. At it that was, point. though. So that's what's weird is this gets revealed in the movie Star Trek 2. 2, Wrath of Khan. 2, yeah. So yeah. in... Um, in Wrath of Khan, you've, he find, he re- reunites with uh, that the, the scientist he was referring to, and it's, he wasn't aware that she had a kid. I'm fine with this interpretation. This is the thing that I, I, people get so bent out of shape over, like, push my glasses up. How come Kirk was wearing this shirt in this episode, but in this later one, the, sh- the, the signal's different? It's like, come on, man. Like, let them just write a cool story. It doesn't, like, everything doesn't have to completely align. Like, I'm all for the writers taking a little bit of liberty. And I thought that was cool. Like, especially it literally shut the door. If everybody's like trying to ship these two, it shut the door that they will ever be able to have a relationship, which is so much better for those characters. Personally, I'm like, yeah, let's move on. Like, like I like that. Now La'an is going to have to like come to terms with an unrequited love. We've all been through it in our lives. It's cool. I, I kind of like that. They didn't necessarily have to do it, but I do like that. Kirk is aware that he has a kid out there. I'm just like, I knew that chances were they were not that was not going to work out, but it was still disappointing to me because those two actors just have such good chemistry. I was like, well, I that's want good it tension. To happen. <laughs> right? <laughs> Tale as old as time. But anyway, so I yeah, I'm with Norm on this. In fact, this is the least rated episode of the entire season, um, which I think because of this tension we're talking about, where people who like musicals are like, yeah, it's pretty good. The people who don't like musicals are like, barf. But um. What I will say, though, is that surprising to me, so on Spotify and a lot of the other streaming channels, the this soundtrack was, like, number one. 
my god as in like people were looking up these like they've released these tracks onto spotify and i was like that's kind of amazing like this is i love star trek i would much rather have them take these swings and do this than just the same old stuff over and over again so i applaud that they did it i'm just happy they I just hope there's not every season we get one. Yeah, I will say, I will say, as long as this is a one-off and we're done <laughs> yeah, now, I'm good. <laughs> but no, just think no, about I think the they're, one. Yeah, I think they're doing a very good job of like keeping the episodes very different. Like this reminded me, um, they did the musical episode, whereas like last, in, not last season, but season one was the one where Mbenga is like telling the fairy tale story to his daughter, and then they exactly, go into this yeah. like fantasy world. Uh, it wasn't a musical. But it was just like very out there, opposite. Um, yeah, it was a very light, very lighthearted episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it which was is funny so in line with Star to, again. Trek. To, but again, it goes to show like this is such a very it's a very talented cast. Like mm-hmm. like they can do just about anything, um, all of them pretty much. Yeah. And it just goes to show how talented they all are. And honestly, it seems like they're enjoying themselves. You know, like usually you can tell if like a cast hates each other. I agree. But and- and we interviewed a few of different. them, and I'll say across the board, like what I hear from them is that it's like a family. And mm-hmm. honestly, when I hear about most of the Star Trek shows that have happened, not all the characters get along well, right? But at the end of the day, like especially I talked to the Deep Space Nine characters, I've heard them interviewed. I've heard the Next Generation characters interviewed. I've heard like all of them pretty much come around to that conclusion, which is, you know, there's just a wonderful chemistry on set. And because you're part of this thing that's bigger than just you. Um, because the Star Trek is a brand, right? And it's like an iconic one. So that's really cool to hear. And I can guarantee you this: most of this cast really enjoys each other's company. And you're right, it kind of bleeds through in the, in the, in the content. Um, but, you know, the, and if anybody criticizes Star Trek for doing this stuff, I just do want to point out, thank you for pointing out last season where we had like the magical episode. But like we've had Robin Hood. We've had, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? Um, like jazz singing. We've had uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes episodes. Like, they always go there like yeah. they've oh, always yeah. done it throughout the history of star trek so like get over yourselves well this i think like it's just that I love it. every now and then they hit that one th- that one genre or or feeling that's that somebody doesn't like and they're like oh man this whole thing's going yeah. down down get down the toilet you know that, like, <laughs> well some people exactly. just get some people they, there's it's all or nothing and so agreed yeah but but this is all right. Well, let's. I think this is why oh, musical sorry. episodes are great. Is that they get your feelings out there, and it accomplishes a lot of. Uh, it's a it's a catharsis of everything that's been building up. And they they probably wouldn't have done this if the cast didn't like each other so much, and if they didn't have a lot to get off their chests. You know, it's mm-hmm. as it's the old adage: you're too emotional to speak, you sing, and when you're too emotional to sing, you dance. I do appreciate uh, that they, they lay those rules out too, like in the beginning yeah. for those of like I'm not a huge musical guy. I knew that, but it was like exactly it was nice that they it's what they would tell explained us it uh, at the beginning. In the days. Uh, uh, agree to disagree, Emilia, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, this this was quite the episode to put before the season finale. Again, roller coaster. Yeah. Holy cowabunga! <laughs> well, hegemony, which is the season finale which i i just love that they lean into the two-parter season finale cliffhanger no. you're not a fan or i'll no. tell you i totally am and here's why uh it felt like almost like a little bit of like not nearly as uh dramatic as some other seasons but they did it with voyager they did it with um they uh, did it with all they did it with the next generation they yeah, did it with all of them 
they're doing exactly what Star Trek does. And I like, get it. This is a, a, a totally aligned with what they do with these seasons. And, you know, personally, I think it was not as nearly as like nail biting as some of these other cliffhangers we've had. Um, but he's going to have to make a decision. And I thought they did a lot of storytelling in this episode, um, which we get. By the way, we get the introduction of Scotty. Yep. I don't know if that resonated with Bridget. That or was Emily. really fun. I knew him Wait, from is... the J.J. Abrams movies. Oh, okay. he's in. Oh, yeah, that's right. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg in those ones. Oh, is it the same actor? No. Different, same character. Simon Pegg. Simon same Pegg character. is not, so, not in So this Scotty wish. is the engineer on the original series. Um, Montgomery Scott, and uh, who's you know just awesome. Who is also the original Scottish. series, so great in the movies. Who's I mean, listen? They were not very subtle with their <laughs> no. with that back in the day. But uh, no, Scotty is like one of the most fun characters. Um, and the, I, for me, it was a treat to see him. I didn't expect it. I'm still waiting for Bones to show up, but I guess that means Mabenga's gone. So I guess I should be patient. Um, but anyway, so this was like a really cool introduction of that character. Shows how good of an engineer he was. And this episode was tense. I love all the good, you know, the suspense and the, you know, you can see that even the lighting was really dark and like, yeah. you know, like a horror movie again. Um, and we get to see a full-grown Gorn, yeah, which was they look good. Cool. They look so cool. They look good. Yeah. Terrifying. So I, I just I just want to put it out there that I do not like cliffhangers on on a lot of series, and the reason why I don't like cliffhangers because it makes no sense to me. If you like this show, you're going to tune in next season anyways. You don't need to have the cliffhanger to be like, oh, now I got to tune in. You don't need that, especially now with streaming services. You can go back whenever you want and watch the previous episode and be like, oh, I can't quite remember. I, I've i always, I've never really been a fan of the cliffhangers. I'm, I'm the actually like you, the cliffhanger finale, War. I don't think a finale should ever be a cliffhanger. Yes. Personally. I somewhat agree with you that it's why it's not as impactful, for sure. Do you remember watching... Did you watch uh, Best of Both Worlds when it aired on Next Generation? Yes. So, I don't want to, like, spoil too much. Granted, this happened decades ago. But I recommend watching The Next Generation. You can start on season... Was it three to four? Yeah. Or was it two to three? three I think it was three, three to four. So, season three of Star Trek The Next Generation was when it was firing on all cylinders. It was just... That show was just some of the best stuff I've ever seen, especially as a kid, they ended season three with a cliffhanger where, and, and part of it was because they didn't know they were going to get Patrick Stewart back or not. So they, you, they leave you on pins and needles being like, you don't know, maybe everybody's going to die or not. Like they, in because part of it was because they had to do it because they didn't know the negotiations, no, negotiations weren't even finished. So it kind of like organically came out of their reality, but they also wrote this incredible cliffhanger where you're like, are we going to like lose the main character of the show? And it was like you felt it. You don't get anywhere near that. And also back then, you couldn't go back and just watch an episode, right? Unless you recorded on VHS, which is what I did. But anyway, like <laughs> it, you had to then wait like a year for the next one to come out or like six months or whatever. So it was like really amazing to watch it as a kid. And so I love that they kind of, in my eyes, they're giving a little nod to that. Like, remember when we used to do this all the time? Um, and I agree that it just doesn't work the same way these days. And also, like, this just didn't feel that, like, the stakes weren't as high on this one. I just think that do it. it's okay to have cliffhangers, like, unanswered questions, say, intention. But I feel mm -hmm. like a finale should still stand on its own, tell a complete story. I completely yeah. agree with Emilia. Yeah, I'm not going to argue too much against that. I, I'm just not as bothered by it, I think, partly because the stakes weren't as high. And also, they did a lot of storytelling, and it's like mm -hmm. they would yeah. have had to lose a lot of these moments. So part of me is like, oh, okay, yeah, they didn't fully conclude that story 
but you know we'll see i don't know i think i i did like I did like the fact that it ended on the cliffhanger because I agree with Lucas. We would have lost a lot of these intimate moments with the characters, and I would, and I feel like half whenever we have complaints on the show about certain mm-hmm. episodes and movies, it has to do with the fact that they don't do enough storytelling, we don't do enough character development. So mm-hmm. I give them credit for taking that route and you know taking the extra time to uh, explore these characters. Um, I was like not sure where the Spock chapel situation was going to go. I thought that was very interesting and also that like let's say couple compared to like the Pike situation which again well, I don't know that's just going to be a lot to start a new season with. I'm very the, the, curious to see what's going to happen. Pike's already a tragic character. You don't need to add on to it with this. That, yeah, like that was unnecessary. Cruel. I I think that's just cruel. Um <laughs> I don't know. I was sort I of wondering if, like, is this when we lose him? <laughs> you know, no. no. Well, that's story. a good. It's supposed to happen in like ten years, though, right? Oh, like, there's a countdown, but it's like way in the future. I really did think they were gonna kill Chapel, though. Even though, like, they thought yeah. she was dead and that she wasn't dead, I thought they were gonna like make her dead, dead. The Me problem too. is they have plot <laughs> armor. They, um, they, yeah, that's the only thing that takes away from the tension is that you know she survives. And but I was like, this would be a really good time, like right after they hold hands and then like drift off away from each other and, and like land and she's like there will be time i was like dude that is such dead character fodder like yep <laughs> yeah yep. yeah um and also too <laughs> what, what show were we watching or or the mandalorian where I, w- I was like yelling i was like you gotta kill characters okay it's the only <laughs> way to like yeah, add the emotional like stakes everything it just makes everything so much more dramatic and it makes it better sometimes and i felt that we didn't technically lose anyone. Season two, season one, we ended up losing what's his face, um, because of the Gorn, which I'm still yes. like Hammer. bitter about. But it was good storytelling. You're right, yes, but it was good storytelling, yeah. and it circled back to the season. But then we didn't lose anyone at the end of this season. So again, the stakes did not feel high. You know, <laughs> the only character death we had was a future version of uh, Kirk. Kirk there, Kirk, which yeah. didn't Alternate even matter because we yeah. still have Kirk. Well, I mean, we lost. So, yeah, we lost. The I don't Kirk know. I just think Laon thing. We should have had more death. Yeah. Should have been more death. <laughs> well, that's, that's not a character saying. death. <laughs> it's it's the death well, of something. <laughs> I know you shipped them hard, Emilia, yeah. but <laughs> I'm actually really upset about that. I'm not even gonna lie. I agree so, with well, Emilia. That was one of the criticisms really sad. of the show is that that I've heard from Star Trek fans is that you know because of all these characters, we know what their future is for most of them. Mm-hmm. Right. That uh, it kind of gives them this plot armor that kind of sucks. Like you're saying, like I knew Chapel couldn't die because she has a whole storyline that like in Star Trek canon. And that's why I'd really wish they would just be like, you know what? Throw it. Throw some of it out. Like you can kill characters off. It's fine. Like this is a different retelling of these characters. I would prefer that personally because it mm-hmm. allows them to take the story where it needs to go. Um, Granted, you know, Nurse Chapel, the thing that also could happen is, which I hope Star Trek does, is they could do spinoff stuff with these characters. So, like, maybe there's a whole medical drama. I would love a Star Trek medical drama, by the way. Somebody's thinking about a JAG, Star Trek JAG, where you have, like, a courtroom drama. But anyway. I would really like that. I love all this stuff. Like, I would love to see them do this stuff. They're never going to do it. They're already slashing budgets. Right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be like even that episode with you see the transporters or uh, you know the 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 battle episode on Under the Cloak of War? That was kind of like a medical drama episode, but and that's the thing though, Star Trek art in its current form exists with this, you know, all these genres 
built into one. So you don't necessarily need to do it. But anyway, um, all I'm going to say is that the characters that don't have plot armor who were introduced in the series, yeah, I'm like, they could have killed off or done way more stuff with them because we don't know. So like, I have, part of me also thought that this was going to be the end of um, Ortega's. I really mm. thought they were going to like kill her off this episode, um, and I was a little surprised no. they didn't actually. She hasn't uh, got yeah, to because have her I'm, episode I w- yet. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Carol Kane doesn't make it out of the cliffhanger. Yeah, and Laan, you know, Laan is. Uh, I mean, she's a lead. I think she'll stay in it, but I think I'm. There's no guarantee we're going to see her again because she's not in any of uh, other Star Trek properties. So there is a chance that a lot of these characters will not survive. So mm. we'll see. I don't Any know. Any other thoughts just, before we I'm, wrap it up? I'm just super excited for season three. Like this mm-hmm. show, I ended up right when this season started, I went back and rewatched season one because I felt like when we watched season one, I just wasn't like super into it. And I kind of just like wasn't, I was doing those like half watches where I'm like doing mm-hmm. something else. I wasn't really doing watching. Laundry, yeah. Yeah. So I, but I watched, watched and I was like, God, this show is so good. It's really like, good. <laughs> it really stands every on the shoulders episode of the cast, is too, good. Though. Like we have, like some are better than others, but like mm-hmm. the baseline is here. Like this is good. It was all yeah. good. Nothing was below good. Yeah, even like the good. Like, least favorite episodes are still like compared to most other shows, like are right up there with them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm just so pleased with this, and it's not like I mean, Star Trek. We talked about it. Like typically, when you have the 26 season run, there's a lot of stinkers thrown in there, which I'll always love. Like even bad Star Trek is good Star Trek in my eyes. But this show, because they get 10 episodes, it's like every single one is a production. Like there's work put into the writing, the, the acting, all of it. It's like a really, it's a really enjoyable watch. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm very excited for season three. Uh, no word on when it comes out yet. The writer's mm-hmm. strike. I We didn't do news at the beginning of the segment. And uh, I, I wanted to share the news that Dune has been pushed to 2024 now, which is like heartbreaking to me. It was the one thing this fall that I was really looking forward to. And I have a feeling we're going to see more and more of this. So who knows Mm -hmm. when the next Star Trek is going to come out. And because you think about it, you have to do voiceover. So they do ADR. They film, finish filming. And I think they actually had finished production. I have to check for season uh, three. But even when you're done, you still have to go back in and do like ADR where you record more dialogue. There's green screen, like, you know, shots you have to do. There's all these things that like in in the post-production chain that are you need the actors for and you need the writers for so like there's a good chance a lot of our favorite shows are going to be delayed so just be warned. yeah i also was seeing something i did realize too that a bunch of like actors and producers and you know anyone that's part of those unions who do podcasting a bunch of the podcasts are now put on pause because originally there wasn't like yeah. rules and restrictions applying to podcasts because i think the platform is so new but now yeah. you're seeing a ton makes sense well you're not allowed to promote your own work i was gonna say like yeah yeah, i was gonna say the i'm sure even now those put into the contracts where like you're supposed to promote a movie you have to appear on certain podcasts things like that because uh, yeah that would make so much sense well i'm part of the producers guild but i haven't paid my dues so they can go so we're fine we can keep doing the verse (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) no but the producers the it's not about the producers no and and you're not not striking you're also not uh, promoting your own work so yeah yeah. All right. Any, if we have no other comments or concerns, although wait, so Emily, you're excited for next season, I imagine, right? Yes. Yes, I am very much. Okay. I've just, I think I've been a little 
my head's been a little full of other stuff too, aside from Star Trek, because I've been I've been tearing through Doctor Who at a breakneck pace on a rewatch. Damn it. You're supposed to wait for me. No, it's I can't. I can't. I got a Comic Con deadline. Shouldn't. I blame Steve Kuzikowski. <laughs> he told me to wait. I was like, I'm really excited to watch more because I watched season one. Anyway, that's all on you, Steve. Um, all right, well, let's wrap this up then. So, all right, class, you're dismissed. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you, Admiral. Uh, Admiral. <laughs> that guy is a living legend. Who now? Oh, um, the Admiral, of course, but... Um... You wouldn't understand, because um, you're never around to meet him. You're right. I would not understand. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our Strange New Worlds coverage, and make sure you subscribe to The Verse wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Apple, Google, Audible, Spotify, etc. Also, make sure that you look for, gosh, almost like a dozen Star Trek interviews uh, covering both Picard and Strange New Worlds that we conducted over at awardsradar.com. And if you want to follow me, uh, you can find me on Twitter or X. No, no. Twitter. Just Twitter. Is it Twitter just again? Twitter. Just Twitter. Just keep it. Or... Tw- no, no, just. Okay, um, we're, just, I, we're just dissenting. Just <laughs> yeah. Civil dissenters call it Twitter, and you can find me at Emilia U. Yes, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at random underscore white guy. You can follow me, Lucas Longaker, at uh, Luconi Logic on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, you can find me, Bridget, on Instagram at BridgetBrogan16. I'm not even going to say my. Twitter handle because I don't go on it anymore. <laughs> Understood. Congratulations. That's fair. And then there's our uh, producer, Stephen Prusikowski, who you can find him on X at uh, Film Snork. Ha ha ha. We'll throw him under the bus. Uh, as well as on Instagram. I believe. And Letterboxd. And Letterboxd as at Film Snork. And the last we heard from him, he was uh, singing and dancing his own little musical jig over in Belgium. Nice. Selwood. <laughs> Well, there's our music. Thanks for listening. And keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page, at The Verse Cast. We'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is produced by Stephen Puzikowski. Well, folks, that musical Star Trek episode was Super califragilistic expialidocious, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, I do mind you saying, actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Someone didn't have a spoonful of sugar for breakfast. <laughs> Doe a deer, I do down. say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, uh, luckily, Film Snork will never make us sing. Not after the very versy. Christmas special, which was episode 78. You can find them on all those podcast services. Yes, you can. It's the Christmas gift that keeps on giving, really. But, uh, Norm, it's funny you say that. Did you read the full script for this episode? No. Why do you ask that? Well, I recommend you turn to the last page, the post credit scene. Wait, wait, you all said we he, he would never make us sing again. Go ahead. Read it. 
What does it say? What does it say? What does it say? It says a one and a two and a one, two, three, four. No! <laughs>